Hello, my name is Michelle. And my name is Joshua. And you're listening to Shivers in the Shadows. Hey guys, welcome to our sixth episode. We've had quite a long hiatus. Yes, about but a month. People in. were itching to come back. I couldn't leave my house without people hounding me. So, <laughs> really? No, yeah, I can't walk outside. You're so. When's the next episode? I thought you meant your coworkers. When's episode six? My coworkers don't care. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah. What? What? People, people sitting in their chairs outside my house, like episode six. six. Episode. Six. <laughs> it's like, come right. on, dude. It's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> be with your family like why are so, you so i want to apologize though because we what? just first it was christmas shopping and then you know christmas and uh the new year and then my babies got sick yada 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 they don't care about joshua went on vacation oh and then my babies got sick and then they got sick again it was Ugh! whatever we're here now so yeah we're here now and we've got a true crime story for you today. Oh, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. I wanted to mention to you what? how we spoke about, like, I don't even remember which episode it was, about the babies being left out in the snow. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I saw another TikTok came up, came up on my For You page because, mm-hmm. you know, the phone doesn't listen or anything like that. No, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was about Nordic culture. Mm-hmm. And then the Nordic culture, they put their babies out in strollers in the snow Damn. for naps. It's like, okay, my baby. You're only two weeks old. It's nap time. Out in the snow. Wow. <laughs> they, they like line them up. That's crazy. Because apparently it's like really good for them. I mean, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> so I found that interesting. Here in Texas, we let them bask in the heat. Let the bacteria grow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have allergies? Now you're a Texan. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, that, like legit, I, I never, I never had allergies mm-hmm. when I was, cause I grew up in New Jersey mm-hmm. and when, I never had allergies. I moved here at 13, a couple years later. No, not even a couple years. It was like, I don't remember how many years mm-hmm. it was. I started getting allergies. I was yeah. like, what the? F-? All right. She'll probably cut that out. But she just said our city, zip code, address. <laughs> like that was ridiculous. Jeez Louise. Anyway. Yes. Now your nose is always like stuffed permanently. I'm sorry, guys, for her nasally voice. I oh, my goodness. Anyways, oh let's go go- into the episode. I'm excited because last time the true crime episode was a little for me personally. I felt like dull. So I hope this episode's going to like, you know, have me on the edge of my seat. You know, Maybe. hopefully like, you know, I mean, <laughs> if I hear someone getting <laughs> murdered and I'm going he 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 he. <laughs> I'm not going to giggle like a schoolgirl. Are you sure? I mean, I hope not. <laughs> OK. OK, so let's get into this. OK. Once upon a time, there was All a right. woman named Brenda Powell. Okay. And she met a man named Stephen Powell, and they fell in love and got Why married. are you saying it's like a fairy tale? I don't feel like this is going to have a fairy tale ending. So why are we starting it like a fairy tale? Because it started off as one. Was it in like a far, far place? Far, far away place? Yes, actually. Akron, Ohio. Oh, wow. <laughs> so exotic. It's a foreign, foreign place. So they got married, had two kids, Sydney and Andrew Powell. Okay. Sydney worked as a child life specialist in the hematology oncology unit okay. at the Akron Children's Hospital. Hematology is blood stuff, right? Blood. Yes. Study. Okay. What's yep. what's the other one? Uh, oncology is cancer. Okay. With kids. Specifically, so. that's what she worked mm-hmm. with? Okay. Yeah. Quite a lady. Yeah. Right? Seriously. And this is Sydney Powell. This is Brenda Powell. Brenda Powell. Okay. Yeah. Mama. 
and Stephen uh, was a quality worked in quality assurance. While she was working in the hospital, mm-hmm. she founded the Oncology Teen Program. Yeah. And she would often plan activities for the families there. What? To help them celebrate every success that they had. Wow. I know. They were a very responsible couple, I want to say, because I'm a mom and I didn't do this. More like productive. Productive. Yeah. Productive couple. And they opened a 529 account, which I learned okay. in this. You don't know what a 529 account is? I don't. I don't I know what that is. Oh, <laughs> It is actually a college savings plan. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So they opened it up for the kids. Why so, would you need to do that for me? Or anyways, why is college the course of action for the oh first place? Oh, my goodness. All right. uh, because I didn't go and now look at me struggling hardcore at 40. Wow. You want to tell the episode what? <laughs> like, you want to your, uh, you know, shadow journal as well? Shadow work? Shut up. Like, read from there? Shut up. College is not the reason you are where you are. College okay, wouldn't can, can, give you the tools. It would make it would have made life a lot easier. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then the path you wanted to go because you still have plenty of paths in front of you. You're just blinded because everyone goes. I Dios mio. This is a whole everyone other. Everyone Okay, Mister Enlightened. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. Okay. Mm-hmm. They opened five twenty nine accounts for both their children, and Sydney was actually a straight A student. Okay. She was even a mentor in high school. A mentor for other students? Mm-hmm. Okay. And she graduated with a 3.8 GPA. Because of her awesome grades and awesome GPA, she received a partial academic scholarship to the University of Mount Union, and she started classes there in the fall of 2019. Okay. Everything seemed to be going super duper. Academically. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Okay. Excuse me. Shh, Why did it bang the to table? break the laptop. It's funny you said that academically because, yeah, things were not going super duper mentally. Mm. And by the end of the semester, she was declining rapidly. Dang. Yeah, like not even a semester into school. Her roommate said that she would black out. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't remember things that would happen within a 90 minute span of time. Sober? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. The, they were, they spoke to them and they said that they had, she would not, she did not do drugs. Oh, um, that's great. She started struggling in her classes really bad and her GPA dropped to a 2.2. The university put her on academic probation and college advisors spoke to her and they tried to assist her in raising her GPA. Yeah. But unfortunately it didn't work. So they ended up suspending her and they sent a letter home explaining what was going on. They sent it during the holidays and she was home and she grabbed the letter and made sure that her parents would not see it. She signed it. Dang. Nobody was aware of what was going on. That's awful. Yeah. What she was, still what she, was she experiencing depression? We're, we're going to get into that later. Okay. She started hanging around the campus even though she was not supposed to be there. Not even her friends knew what was going on. She would go to the cafeteria and eat lunch with her friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they had deactivated her student ID so she couldn't even buy lunch there. Oh. Yeah, and she had nowhere to sleep. So she would go to hotels. By the end of February 2020, mm-hmm. the school staff caught on to what she was doing. And he told her she needed to stop yeah. going to the campus. At that point, she told her friends that she was going to take the semester off. So they weren't going to be mm, seeing her for a little I while. I see. Just continuing the lies. Like nobody was aware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. On March 2nd, she went back to the campus because her friends invited her to watch The Bachelorette. And that was the last normal night that she had. I see. On March 3rd, 2020, the university's dean called Sydney's dad, Stephen, to talk to her, to talk to him mm-hmm. about her suspension. Yeah. He was shocked and he wanted to go speak to her, right? Yeah. So they had a family the app called Life360. Right. Which shows your location. Mm-hmm. He saw through that that she was at home. So he went home to go talk to her about the situation. And 
he wasn't really able to get through to her because her relationship with her mother, Brenda, was actually much, much better than mm-hmm. his relationship with her. So he knew that Brenda would be able to handle the situation and he called her yeah. and told her what happened. Brenda left work early to meet Sydney at their home, the family home. Yeah. And Stephen went back to work. Brenda and Sydney were super close. People closest to them actually called Sydney Brenda's mini me. Really? Yeah. And Stephen, the dad, even describes the relationship as, as as unbreakable and that they never fought. Wow. Yeah, which is incredible. Perfect from the outside, I'm assuming. Well, I mean, he was there. Like, okay. You know, like he's, you would think that his description of the relationship would be more, most accurate, right? Right, right, right. So Brenda got home. She started talking to her daughter and understand what was going on with her. During the conversation, an argument ensued. Yeah. In the middle of this argument, Mount Union Dean and Associate Dean of Students, Michelle Gaffney, called Brenda and she picked up the call. Yeah. They asked her, who am I speaking with? She said, this is Brenda. Then all of a sudden, they hear screams and loud thuds. thuds. And then the call fell. Whoa. Yeah. So they started calling back. They called back several times. Michelle Gaffney said, quote. Who's Michelle Gaffney? She's the Associate Dean Dean of Students. Mm-hmm. She said the phone cut off at some point after, I would say, somewhere in the neighborhood of six or seven of those thudding. Oh, my God. Those sort of thud sounds and the screaming had continued. The deans were Michelle Gaffney and John Frazier. They suspected something was definitely going on. So they it called and called. And finally, someone picked up the phone. And Michelle Gaffney says, quote, the voice on the other end said, yes, this is Brenda. Yes, this is Brenda. They said it twice. What? Yeah, it's not Brenda. I was sure it was Sydney. Both Dean Frazier and I looked at each other and sort of shook our heads at each other and said, that's not Brenda. He then said, Sydney, I think this is you. This is not Brenda. And the phone went dead. Oh, my gosh. Yep. At this point, they called the police and requested a welfare check on Brenda. Mm-hmm. And here I'll play the recording of the cop's body cam footage so you can hear exactly Okay. What Sydney said. Trigger warning. This is very sensitive and it could make some people uncomfortable. Exactly. So if you don't want to listen to it, skip ahead 25 seconds. She's on she's the ground. So there's. Who is it? My mom! There's someone broke in the back window. All right, hold on. She's on the ground. And there's. there's hold on. Where's your mom? There's so much blood. Okay. Just, no! No, there, there's so much blood. No, please! Matt! Ma- Okay, so thoughts on what you heard, Joshua? Jeez, I mean, I don't know, a little like, makes my heart like squeeze a little bit. Yeah, it's unnerving for sure. Police say they found her in the driveway of her family's home. Yeah. And her eyes were rolled back in her head and she was clawing the asphalt clawing the asphalt yes she was mumbling get out get out get out to herself oh my god Mm -hmm. they found one of the windows in the back of the house broken Mm -hmm. and sydney did tell them that someone broke in yeah brenda had been hit over the head with an iron skillet Mm -hmm. and stabbed in the neck over 30 times uh sydney was later arrested and charged with murder she was charged with murder felonious assault and tampering with that evidence. They did put bail. They did mm-hmm. some bail on her. And um, her family bailed her out by posting a $25,000 bond on March 6th, 2020. Wow. After she posted bail, she stayed with her maternal grandmother. Mm-hmm. Her maternal grandmother. This is her mother's mother. Yeah. Took her in. Her name is Betsy. And she stayed on her farm. 
Betsy says that Sydney had been assisting with the horses and stacking hay, but it's been really difficult meeting with her attorney. Every time she met with her attorney, it was a really bad experience, just like emotionally and mentally. Yeah. The family even requested a therapy dog for her while she was in court, but apparently the prosecutor's office, they have two facility dogs that they use in court to comfort the kids or victims. Yeah. They turned down the request for a therapy dog. They said, the defendant in this case is not a crime victim, and therefore we decline their request. Our facility dogs were not were never intended to be used by the perpetrator. I see. Damn. Yeah, that hurts, huh? So Sydney's family was really upset about this. Okay. And they said, this wouldn't be what Brenda would have wanted. So they were quick to sympathize with her. Yeah. I see, because clearly... In spite of what she did. Right. Yep. In a pre-trial hearing, Stephen Powell, mm-hmm. her father begged the court for mercy on Sydney's behalf. He said, I'm trying to keep my family together. I don't know why we're doing this. This, is, this isn't what anyone wants here. I don't know how she can handle it. I don't know how I can handle it. Sydney has gotten better. I don't want to see it go backward. This goes against anything Brenda would want. As parents, our job is to protect her. The goal is to get her better, not to go backward to prove a point. Wow. Right? I don't... Because like he has so much will, like he has so much like you know, you know passion, and obviously as a father I understand that, but like on the paper it's like she did something terrible. She killed your she wife. She killed her mom. Yeah, your wife. And it's crazy. I don't know. Maybe he turned that like that inward and just wanted to you know save what he could. They believe actually. You kind of mm-hmm. like lead me into this. It, it, I think it helps them that they believe, and by they I mean her dad and her grandmother that it was an episode of psychosis that's one of the first things i thought was like i don't know why i got the impression psychotic break whenever it was like how fast she was declining and like the lying i just couldn't help but think like there's not many things that break someone who looks so perfect than like a mental episode at that level you know i know but the lying that you mentioned i'll I'll go into that in a minute that's a symptom of psychosis Yeah, but at the same time, they said that if she didn't know what she was doing was wrong, she wouldn't lie. Yeah, yeah, but you don't understand, like, what's happening to her internally, you know? She might be dealing with, like, guilt about being an imposter in in many other ways as well, other than just being a student. Maybe there was, like, a pressure on her and her friends. I mean, if you're going to, like, you know, this college, your friends are also going, you know, there's, like, a, a pressure to conform and, like... Maybe yeah. she, maybe she, in a lot of ways, she felt like an imposter, you know? That's true. And she just felt like she had to put up his act. Uh, maybe that, because honestly, I, I like speaking from experience, people, especially friends, help you feel normal in situations like that. Yeah. So maybe that's well, what she's experiencing. Well, if they know what's going on. No. Oh, no. the fact that they're oblivious makes you feel normal? Not even that. It's a weird, weird thing. It's actually called, it's part of um, something people with psychosis experience, derealization. And it's really interesting. Basically, you split almost into two. And one part of you is the normal you. Like, it's it's a part of you that feels safe, right? Mm-hmm. And every other part of you is split into, like, this, like, ball of shame, guilt, like, um, confusion. Like, things don't feel real. It's really interesting. And it's like a defense, it's just a defense mechanism, basically, whenever you really, really don't feel safe. Okay. Internally. So, that's... Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what she experienced. I'm just saying that, like, someone can totally, like, chase that normal feeling, mm-hmm. but also be suffering on a level, like, we don't understand, you know? Yeah. 
Wow. See, because I'm such an open person, mm-hmm. I can't relate to that. Right. I, I like. Well, yeah. Whenever I'm feeling anything, that people, especially the people closest mm-hmm. to me, know what's going on. <laughs> it's it's part of the fact that you, as a person, know what like the extreme feels like, and you survived it. Mm-hmm. So, even though like you experience these intense emotions, you know you can survive it. Like, yeah. You but don't need to split that, in two. There's people that can't. They don't believe they can. Oh. They don't have. Maybe they don't have the tools to do it. But there's no emotional so regulation. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. It's well, very scary. It is, that sounds terrifying. Mm-hmm. Court was set for September 7th of 2023. Yeah. Just last year. Wow. She pled not guilty for reason of insanity. Okay. Her defense attorneys hired three different defense experts to evaluate her. And they all diagnosed her with schizophrenia and PTSD. Oh, Wow. Schizophrenia, then like you're, you're telling really me not... this, like you understand, you you're aware of my like relationship with things like schizophrenia. Are you? No. It's it's very much like this terrifying curiosity, but also just like the idea of schizophrenia for me personally is like terrifying. But, but you know, beyond just like being scared, like that was a pr- a core premise of like things that like really shook me. Basically, it was like the idea of becoming like not me like, becoming like, schizophrenic. Yeah, but like not necessarily just schizophrenia, but just like losing your mind. You know, especially in level of schizophrenia where you're like, you know, the paranoia and this and that, and all the symptoms that come with it that make their life very difficult. It's like that used to be what kept me up for a period of time. So I'm like hearing you talk about that. I'm surprised you don't know my relationship with schizophrenia. You never told me that. So I, yeah, I guess I didn't. Mm-mm. But yeah, psychosis, schizophrenia, things like that where like I would spend time just like learning about it because of my own fear of potentially something. And the thing is, I've never had a hallucination. I've never had. Heard a sound that wasn't there. It was all this idea that like your Except mind could just Except for the sleep break. paralysis. Yeah, sleep paralysis. True. But even then, I didn't hallucinate. Audio know? hallucination is still hallucination. True. That was so weird. Hearing water pour. That is crazy. Is weird. I have never heard of that before. Me either. But so. anyway, I had, yeah, I had no idea about that. please continue. I'm very like intrigued. You're, yeah, you're not going to like where this goes. Oh. The prosecutors hired their own clinical psychologist, okay. of course. Her name is Dr. Silva Obradovich, and okay. she disagreed with the schizophrenia diagnosis. Mm. She testified in court and said, the best source of information for an insanity evaluation is what was said and felt at the time of the incident. It just didn't add up to schizophrenia. She was referring to all of the lies that Sydney said before and after the murder. Mm. It just seemed too intentional. Exactly. She says She said basically that if she was truly not aware of what was right and wrong, then she wouldn't have lied, which yeah. is what I was saying earlier. Because she lied first about the suspension, yeah. and then she would lie about her whereabouts, mm-hmm. and she then lied about the actual murder. She broke the window and said that someone broke in. So I'm curious about Sydney. Did she ever like say a story about like maybe that her mom was a demon? So, her no. Her mom wasn't her real mom? No. Not regarding her mother, but that I'm yeah. coming, I'm actually going right into that now. I see. She claimed to have heard voices mm-hmm. and see hallucinations. She says, according to her, the last thing she remembers is her mom. This is heartbreaking right here. Yeah. Her mom sat her down on the couch, gave her a hug, and told her it's going to be okay. Damn. So her mom was being supportive about the situation. Yeah. It's not like she was being, what did you do? How did you lie to me? Blah, blah, blah. No, mm-hmm. she was actually being a loving, supportive person to her daughter. Right. She said that she saw cartoon things and fire coming out of her hands and voices calling her into the basement, telling her that she was worthless. 
and that people were talking about her. This is all what, what Sydney says. Yeah. Okay. The prosecutors didn't believe any of what she claimed. And instead, they explained to the jury how she had to change weapons. She started the attack with the iron skillet, and then she had to go into the kitchen and grab the kitchen, the steak knife. Yeah. And proceeded to stab her mom 30 times in the neck. Which makes you think, like, she could totally be lying about her being supportive, you know, just to remove the alibi. Because if she wasn't supportive, that would give her a reason to react that a way. A motive? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, totally, she could totally have just thought about. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Prosecutor Stano said that just the knife in the neck multiple times, mm-hmm. that is purposeful. That is trying to end someone. But in the end, despite all the insanity pleas, them evaluating her with schizophrenia, yeah. the jury found her guilty for murder, assault, and tampering with evidence on September 20th, 2023. Wow. That's not long ago at all. No. Jeff Laybourne, mm-hmm. he's the one who represented the family said that the family had hoped that prosecution would accept the insanity plea and that Sydney would be put in a less restrictive environment. The family was actually hoping that she could stay with her grandparents with physician care. They requested to the judge to sentence her to how she's been living the last three years. Because I have a question for you. the last three years, she was living with her grandmother quietly on the farm, helping with the farm. So I, I have a question for you now. What's that? Do you think either A, justice should be served and she deserves to be in jail, locked up, away from people or do you think it would be better for her family to get what they want and for her to live her life in an environment that is you know safe physician care what do you think would be better i think after three people evaluating her coming up with the schizophrenia diagnosis Mm -hmm. they should put her in a hospital is what my thing is i think that they should put her in a hospital under medication for some time Mm -hmm. and then however she does during that time then possibly move to okay now you can stay i see under strict supervision, maybe weekly visits or something like that. You know what I mean? Do you want to know something interesting about schizophrenia and the people who take medication? What? A difficulty they have with schizophrenics is that is not taking the medication. And it's because what comes with schizophrenia is certain beliefs that like it's you're, you're received a magical gift or that like you're being the medicine is actually sedating you and your abilities or like making you susceptible to being, you know, influenced or. Oh my goodness. So they will not take the medicine because of that reason. And experiences symptoms happens to schizophrenics well that's why i'm saying personally i would have thought putting her in a hospital yeah. first would have been better that way she's being monitored 24 7 and then however she is during a certain amount of time then maybe move her to yeah the grandmothers with weekly visits or whatever to make sure she's staying on task you know yeah but they did not do that the father even wrote a letter to judge mclaughlin mm-hmm. he wrote quote through our 24 years of marriage that we all know was cut short in march of 2020 To this day, I can confirm with 100% degree of certainty that this is not what people are saying is justice for Brenda Powell. He said, I believe that since there can never be true justice in this case, Sydney's mental health should be our main priority. And other members and other (laughs) and other members of the Powell family also shared the same sentiment yeah as as steven they all wrote character letters in support of his daughter but a week after the jury found her guilty judge kelly mclaughlin sentenced her to life in prison with the possibility for parole after 15 years wow i was you know i'm siding with the fact that she could have had a psychotic break and that could have caused it but if the judge decided that i imagine there was an overwhelming amount of evidence well the judge decided the sentence because the jury decided that she was guilty yeah so she if she gets released after 15 years She'll serve two years of supervised release. I see. And her lawyers are already working on an appeal. Wow. That happened just a few months ago. That was an intense one. And it's, she's very relatable. I feel like from the beginning, the way you described in the beginning was just like a student, you know, academically successful, a mentor, like 
things seeming like they go so right that makes it so much scary that just like that your perfect family was destroyed i know it's horrible it's horrible i mean college life is different than high school i mean you're you're put out into the into Mm-hmm. you know you take a huge step into the real world basically making your own decisions and stuff like that and maybe it was just too much mm. at once or something i don't know i don't know and i tried to find to see if she had any sort of you know mental health issues in the past yeah but i couldn't find anything mm. i don't know it's just really sad it's a really sad case it is i don't want to create the narrative of like where she's a psychopath and like she was never normal because like that's i feel like that's insensitive to the family so i won't but something that but I'm, they truly I'm yeah they truly about. believe it was it was an episode of psychosis then yeah. they they just want to help their daughter yeah that's the end of that story Oof. i will try to update if there's any sort of appeal mm-hmm. they if there's any changes after that appeal we will definitely let you guys know and we're going to finish off the episode with an awesome quote i wonder what you chose <laughs> tell me who it's by first carl jung <gasps> I- I was going to guess it was a Carl Jung. What? No, I've been talking about him. No, I'm serious. Like, I've been talking about Carl Jung. Wait, no, no, no. Don't say the quote. Don't say the quote. Don't say the quote. Is the quote, if you don't make the unconscious conscious, it'll direct your life. No, it'll direct your life. You'll call it fate. No. Okay. Is it... um, (laughs) Freaking show off. What what is tell me a few words in it? Darkness. If you don't make if you don't face your darkness. No. If you don't if you don't, if you don't uh it starts with an I. Nope. Ah, okay. Knowing your own darkness is the best method for dealing with the darknesses of other people. Carl Jung. It's true. It is true, and I think it's beautiful. It is. And he was huge about that. He was huge about what happens if you don't know your own darkness and how like it will control your behavior, repeat cycles in your life, and it'd be like And for those people that aren't aware, it kinda of, it, it it's intriguing to to then seek to know yourself better. Right. I love the idea of getting to know yourself better, to understand everything else around you better, the patterns of the way you think, to understand the patterns of the way other people think. And then overall, it's just knowing this stuff. It changes your behavior. That's why I love things like astrology and personality. It's true. All the patterns. Not only do you get to know yourself a little bit more, but then you also start to evolve. Right. But then you evolve, right? Uh-huh. But then it's like, what happens whenever you never bring light to the darkness? What happens whenever you just you stay know, in the darkness? You stay unaware, but not even unaware. You reject the things that are innate in you, the things that you just want to call bad until they make themselves so apparent you can't avoid them through your own behaviors. That was, dude, I felt that in my heart. Yeah. That, wow, that's scary. It is scary. And you see it in people. Watch out for people who just seem so quick to be nice and seem so quick to please others because i understand people pleasing i do but at the end of the day it's an unintegrated shadow unintegrated darkness they have not been able to fully accept their darker qualities and that rejection is dangerous i'll leave it but sometimes some darknesses need to be you know just kept no 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 i'm talking about like bad no i mean genuinely bad bad okay look if you have qualities within yourself Oh, so if, 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 if the badness in me says murder, then I should go well, murder people? If you have, if you feel within yourself an anger or like if you feel within yourself the need to cause destruction, okay? And this mm-hmm. is okay to experience within yourself. If there's a part of you that craves chaos and you don't go find a way to involve chaos into your life or heal a part of yourself that wants it necessarily, who knows? Over time, that part of you may, may make you do something you thought you would never do. Jesus. That chaos can be taken out in other ways. It can be taken out martial arts in the gym. There's other ways to integrate it, but I've seen it in people. So aggressive dancing. <laughs> aggressive dancing. No, moving your body is incredible for releasing. But I will say, I've seen for people if they don't find a way to integrate this chaos, they'll create it in ridiculous situations that don't need it to be created. They'll find a way. I've seen it. Wow. Okay. Car- you shouldn't well, have mentioned Carl Jung. Obviously, I'm going <laughs> to start go ranting. Off on a like, duh. Oh my gosh! And this and this episode feels like it was so solemn. 
No, okay, yes, I mean, it was it's, solemn, it's, but you can't talk about like mental illnesses without it getting for me at least exciting because it's like it's, it's so you know, interesting. Yeah, it's so it's so intriguing, but at the same time, very sad. And I I hope she gets the help she needs. I really do. Yeah, I just try to put myself in her shoes and like, can you imagine how she must feel if she's on she's on meds now, so she's doing better, mm-hmm. knowing that she murdered her mother, her best friend. Well, what I will say and is she that she can't undo that. She probably does have that same feeling of whether she did it intentionally or whether she did it with a bad intention or she did it under mental illness. Regardless, at this point, I think she and everyone in her family is convinced it was mental illness because it's easier to think that. It's easier to feel that. And usually that's what the brain does is thinks what's easiest. Better to cope with. Yeah. Because the last thing we want to do is try to hold two different conflicting beliefs at once because that is something the brain does not like to do. The mind does not like to hold two conflicting ideas. So for her to think she's a loving girl who would never do something like this, but she also just went and did that, she'll probably choose the easier belief, which is that something's wrong with my head. Something's wrong with my head, which is enough to make someone go into psychosis, in my opinion, doing something Mm. like that. I don't I feel bad creating narratives about this. Like, I don't you know, it's real. It's not like something that happened on TV. I can't be like, you know, thinking about the character in that episode. It's like. (laughs) Yeah. A real thing. Yeah. Real people. So mm-hmm. anything I say is genuinely just hypothetical. I don't think I know anything at all. There's you have we have no degrees right. here. We're just he's just very well read. All I area. can do is just, you know, create hypotheticals. That's it. Yep. But thank you. Thank you for finding a good, intriguing story. <laughs> You're welcome. Time. You're very welcome. And I hope you guys stick around for our next episode, which will be some scary stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you guys, bye. Bye-bye.